Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our ministry when you visit walkintruth.com. Today's teaching in Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25 was recorded in December of last year. Now here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching called The Miraculous Birth of the King. I'll say to you, there's often times when my prayers for a provision, when they go up to heaven, I will tell you many times they are relatively weak. Sometimes they're very short. Uh, Oftentimes I don't pray in King James English. Would thou renderest the heavens and breakest through to be the provisionist that I need? I I just sometimes say, oh Lord, would you help me? Uh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I don't even know why I'm the guy that you have going to these kinds of things, but here I am, Lord. You know, those are often my prayers, and I find my king is so gloriously providing what I need. Now, he doesn't always do it in the time that I need it, (laughs) or the timing, I should say, that I, I think I need it. But here's what happens. Whenever I'm doing something for the Lord, he is so awesome to provide. And so, you know, Joseph was thinking things have been taken away. Things have been taken away. No, Joseph. The Lord adds. You know what he's going to add to you? A beautiful wife. And you are going to get to be the adoptive father of the Messiah. Listen to the words. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. The Lord adds. But Joseph, on a human plane, he was like, I I don't get it. I don't understand. And the angel came and said, essentially, God is at work, Joseph. Don't forget who you are. Don't forget your royalty. You come from that royal regal line. Don't be afraid. Let me just say to some of you who are listening, some who may be watching, don't, don't be afraid. You come from a royal line if you're a Christian. And you can have a kingdom response. And the angel said, she, Mary, verse 21, will bear a son. And you shall call his name Yeshua. The Hebrew is Yeshua, the Greek, Jesus. That's his name. By the way, uh, when you named a child, the father would name the child and the father would typically name the child on the day of the circumcision, which was the eighth day. And to give the child a name was essentially in Joseph's case to legally adopt Jesus into the royal line. This is part of what's at stake here. Joseph accepts Jesus as his adoptive son, naming him and thus adopting him. And Joseph, uh, or Jesus now, comes under his uh, legal uh, parentage in terms of Joseph's role. You shall call him Yeshua. His name is right here. Yeshua means Yahweh saves, and his name, which is 
quite typical when you uh, look up meanings of names. They're often right in the verse. For it is he, Jesus, who will, what? Save his people from their sins. If you want to know what Christmas is all about, there it is. Jesus Christ came to save his people from their sins. Good news of great joy, which shall be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there's been born for you a savior, which is Christ the Lord. And now Joseph is being told, okay, This is what's going on. This is the holy moment. This has been the grand anticipation of the ages for the Jewish nation, but it will be for all people. And Joseph, you will get to adopt him. The Lord has added. God has added so much to my life in so many amazing ways by making me a child of the king, a child of the kingdom, and blessing my life. And I'm sure that you could come up here and tell us about your blessings as well. He will come into the world to save. He rescues from sin and death. One scripture just to write down, Revelation 1, 5, and 6. From Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. He has made us kings and priests to his God, And Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever, all God's people said. Amen. That's Revelation 1, 5, and 6. Now, all this took place, Matthew 1, 22, that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Let's pause. Do you see, if you want to understand how the Bible is inspired, it's right here in verse 22. There was a prophecy spoken The origin of the prophecy was the Lord, notice, beginning of 22. It came through the channel of the prophet. And it was a prophecy that might be fulfilled in this setting. And it said this, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, shall bear a son. You can see the virgin birth there. The son that we've been talking about. And they shall call his name Emmanuel. If you wondered... Emmanuel is more of a symbolic name. And Matthew gives us the translation of the name. It means God with us. We'll come back to that in a second. Emmanuel could be seen as a name or a title. Maybe the best modern description of it is if we called the leader of the U.S. Mr. President, uh, that would be maybe a good way to understand Emmanuel. Emmanuel is not his actual name. But it reveals a couple things about Jesus. One, his nature. He is God with us. He is divine and human uh, in the Son of God. And he is also God with us. In the sense that he said in the Great Commission, go out into all the world, Uh, Make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And lo, I am with you always, God with us. Wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them, God with us. He is God, but he's also with the people of his kingdom. He's Emmanuel. The original prophecy was spoken to Isaiah 
or through Isaiah to a king named Ahaz. Ahaz was a wicked king. I won't get into all the story, but he wouldn't believe God. He wouldn't ask God. He wouldn't trust God. And he is the contrast to the great king, Jesus. The government will ultimately rest on Jesus' shoulders, not Ahaz. And for that matter, not any other political leader. We will not find what we're looking for in any political leader. Save Jesus. Here's why. Because they're all human. (laughs) And they all have feet of clay. And some are better than others, no doubt. But one day... Uh, as Isaiah celebrates it two chapters later, he says a, son will be, a child will be born to us, a son will be given up to us, the government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That's the one who will carry us. That's the one who will be the ultimate king. He will literally be God with us. And that's the greater fulfillment of Isaiah 7, although there's also an immediate fulfillment in the life of Isaiah the prophet. There are five Old Testament scriptural fulfillments in the birth narratives. All you Bible students are going to want to write these down. Matthew 1, 22 and 23, a prophecy from the book of Isaiah right before us. Matthew 2, 5 and 6, a prophecy from the book of Micah. When the three wise men come, where's the king to be born? A quotation comes forth from Micah. In Matthew 2.15, if you peek ahead for a second, Matthew 2.15, it says, out of Egypt I called my son, a prophecy from the book of Hosea. Later on in chapter 2, verses 17 and 18, there's a quotation from the prophet Jeremiah. And then finally, at the very end of chapter 2, verse 23, this could be a combination of prophets that Jesus would be called the Nazarene, or a Nazarene. This was to fulfill, this was to fulfill, this was to fulfill. Remember that Matthew's main target audience is Jewish, and Matthew is doing something that we would call apologetics. But in this case, knowing that the Jewish audience would look to substantiate Jesus' claim to be the Messiah from Old Testament prophecy, lists five prophecies from at least four different prophets. Uh, Isaiah writing 700 years before the time of Christ. Hosea, Jeremiah, Micah. This was to fulfill. This was to fulfill. This was to fulfill. And therefore, he makes the apologetic argument that Jesus is the king. Jesus is the Christ. And so Joseph gets the word about who this child is, and he rises up from his sleep, 24. Let me just say a word. Um, it, it is possible that God can speak to us in our dreams. I don't think that it's the norm, but nothing is outside of God's providence. And it is interesting that the Old Testament Joseph knew something about dreams as well, right? So maybe there's a connection there, but God can get to us whenever, wherever he wants I have joked in the past that maybe he speaks to some people in dreams because they don't do well when they're awake. That is, they don't listen when they're awake. I don't know why a dream, but that's how the word got to Joseph. And Joseph knew that it was the Lord. I would be very careful about dreams. 
But since it's here in the text, I would just tell you, God can speak that way. The primary way, of course, He speaks to us is through His Word. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Would you please consider supporting Walk in Truth being on this radio station and podcast for at least $5 a month? As a thank you, we'll send you more content from Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team through our new Walk in Truth app. You will have quick access to our daily episodes. You can watch videos of Pastor Michael's most recent Sunday sermons and access to our bonus podcast and video series, A Step Closer. All this and more is available to you on our new Walk in Truth app as a thank you for your financial gift. Please become a financial partner of at least $5 a month visit walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth. A prophecy from the book of Isaiah right before us. Matthew 2, 5, and 6. A prophecy from the book of Micah. When the three wise men come, where is the king to be born? A quotation comes forth from Micah. In Matthew 2.15, if you peek ahead for a second, Matthew 2.15, it says, Out of Egypt I called my son. A prophecy from the book of Hosea. Later on in chapter 2, verses 17 and 18, there's a quotation from the prophet Jeremiah. And then finally, at the very end of chapter 2, verse 23, this could be a combination of prophets that Jesus would be called the Nazarene or a Nazarene. This was to fulfill, this was to fulfill, this was to fulfill. Remember that Matthew's main target audience is Jewish and Matthew is doing something that we would call apologetics. But in this case, knowing that the Jewish audience would look to substantiate Jesus' claim to be the Messiah from Old Testament prophecy, lists five prophecies from at least four different prophets. Uh, Isaiah writing 700 years before the time of Christ. Hosea, Jeremiah, Micah. This was to fulfill. This was to fulfill. This was to fulfill. And therefore, he makes the apologetic argument that Jesus is the king Jesus is the Christ. And so Joseph gets the word about who this child is and he rises up from his sleep, 24. Let me just say a word. Um, it, It is possible that God can speak to us in our dreams. I don't think that it's the norm, but nothing is outside of God's providence. And it is interesting that the Old Testament Joseph knew something about dreams as well, right? So maybe there's a connection there, but God can get to us whenever, wherever he wants. I have joked in the past that maybe he speaks to some people in dreams because they don't do well when they're awake. (laughs) That is, they don't listen when they're awake. I don't know why a dream, but that's how the word got to Joseph. And Joseph knew that it was the Lord. I would be very careful about dreams, but since it's here in the text... I would just tell you, God can speak that way. The primary way, of course, he speaks to us is through his word. So Joseph gets up 
And he gives us a kingdom obedience. We've got a kingdom response, a kingdom uh, provision, and a kingdom obedience because he got up and he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him. And he took Mary as his wife. Uh, in church history, they called Joseph, the legal father of Jesus, quiet Joseph. Do you know why? There's never a word recorded that Joseph spoke in the Bible, not one. By the way, it doesn't mean that Joseph never said anything. <laughs> However, they call him quiet Joseph because not one word is ever recorded that he spoke. And would to God that we did a little bit more obeying and less talking. Amen. <laughs> and that's Joseph. Joseph could have had a whole litany of things that he could have asked like, uh, wait a minute, <laughs> before the dream's over, can we get some qualifications? Small print. How do I handle this? How do we talk to her parents? How do we talk to my parents? What about our friends? What about our cousins? What about when we get together at Christmas? I mean, Hanukkah. What do we say? When her tummy gets a little bigger, what do we do? Who's going to believe this? I would have a hundred questions. Nothing. Joseph gets up and obeys. And he takes Mary as his wife. And you can imagine the relief that must have been on both of their hearts. So much, I'm sure, anxiety and pressure, but the Lord provided. And he kept her a virgin. The virgin birth of Christ is re-emphasized at the end of the birth narrative until she gave birth to a son. So they were not together, no intimacy, until Jesus was born. And he called his name Yeshua. Jesus saved. To pray with me, Father, thank you for the beauty of the miraculous birth narrative of the Lord Jesus Christ. What an amazing moment in history. In fact, this event really has dated the calendar of the world. Jesus Christ, God in human flesh, incarnated supernaturally. And that baby grew up to be that man. That man who no one ever preached like he preached. No one ever touched people the way he touched them. Miracle after miracle. Signs and wonders. There was no doubt who he was. The only ones that rejected him were the ones that were either hard-hearted or were afraid of him as a threat. And he touched so many. And then this king of glory went to that awful cross. Many have said he was born in the shadow of the cross. He came to save and the only way he could save is by shedding his blood. For without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And he's the ultimate payment for my sins, Father. Thank you. Thank you for Jesus. Your great gift to the world. Thank you, Jesus, for dying, giving yourself up for me, for us. What can we say? What can we say about this King of glory? Thank you for not only nailing 
our sins to the cross, but rising from the dead, defeating our mortal enemy. One day, death will be no more. You've secured so much for us, God. Help us to give you our best. Would you keep your head and heart bowed just for a moment? Have you opened the most awesome gift at Christmas? Have you received Jesus as your king, your savior, your God? Would you keep your head and heart bowed? I think if you haven't, you'll know. And if you have, you'll know. This would be a wonderful time to just tell him, Lord, I believe. Jesus, thank you for coming into this broken world on a rescue mission. Pray it if it's you. Thank you for dying on that terrible cross for me and rising from the dead just like you said you would. Thank you for the miracle of Christmas. I turn away from my sin and I place my trust in you. Please forgive me, save me, make me a new creation in Christ Jesus. Maybe you're a prodigal and it's been a while since you've been thinking about kingdom realities, but your heart is stirred and you want to come back home. He's so gracious and so good to us. And I just encourage you to lay your life down afresh, rededicate yourself. And if you're a saint and you've been fighting the good fight, I pray that there would be refreshment from the Holy Spirit, that the manna that has come forth today would strengthen your soul. You would know how much you are loved and how much the King values you, no matter what's going on in your life. Father, let your fresh living waters flow over your precious people. I pray all of that in the mighty and matchless name of Christ Jesus, our Lord. You've been listening to The Miraculous Birth of the King, Part 3, on Walk in Truth, the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew 1, 18-25. And if you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more podcast apps. Listen for free to Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. We'd also love to hear from you. You can email Pastor Michael with your questions you may have from his teaching today, or maybe you have a question about something else, or need encouragement, or prayer. Maybe you'd like to share how Pastor Michael's teachings have affected you. You can email Pastor Michael at contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. And thanks for reaching out. You can also find our mailing address on walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael with the final word. I've been talking to our children's ministry leader, a wonderful sister in Christ, and we've been talking about Advent. Yes, it's already the fall, it's October, and we're starting to think about Christmas. I love Christmas, don't you? And we came up with a theme this year that I'm pretty sure we're going with. Christmas changes everything. Well, we're celebrating Christmas in October right here on Walk in Truth because we're going through Matthew chapters 1 and 2, and we're talking about the miraculous birth of the King, Christmas. It means Christ was sent. Oh, I know there's a lot of secular stuff that goes on with Santa Claus and people have questions about what should we celebrate and the date and all that. But Christmas, in the truest sense, Jesus was sent, changes everything. God became one of us. Philippians 2, 
he took on the form of a bondservant, made in the likeness of men. He came to save, to seek and to save that which was lost. Luke 19, verse 10. So I pray that you're not lost. Whether you're driving right now, I pray that you're not lost. And I'm sure you can use your phone or GPS, but I'm talking about lost in a spiritual sense. I pray that you are found. In the prodigal story, my son was lost and now he's found. He was dead and he's alive again. That's the gospel. It's being recovered, saved, born again. Do you know the Lord? When's the last time, if you do know the Lord, you shared the good news with someone? Oh, man, we have such a privilege to be citizens of the kingdom and so much good ahead of us. Hey, if you're having a rough time right now, reach out to us. We'd love to pray for you. Walkintruth.com. Walkintruth.com. And Lord willing, we'll see you right here next time for the baptism of the King. And don't forget that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. We appreciate our Walk in Truth financial partners. You contribute to our ministry, broadcast, and podcast. As a thank you for your support, we've created the Walk in Truth app. you got to check it out. It's available in your app store. If you'd like to become a Walk in Truth partner, any amount is appreciated. You can now give on the Walk in Truth app or visit walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow as we skip ahead in the book of Matthew to Pastor Michael's teaching in chapter 3, verses 13 through 17, called The Baptism of the King. And as a reminder, you can always listen to the teachings we don't broadcast at walkintruth.com. I'm Mike Massaro. On behalf of Pastor Michael Lance and Living Truth Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.